almost every person here. But I, I want to just thank you um, from the bottom of my heart, every volunteer, that without you it would not be possible what we did this last weekend. And um, I think conference is one of those events that we have every year where we get to see so many different people involved and really see the body coming together to do something. And that really, that really is the heart of the church, is the body coming together to do the work of God. Hello. Come on, some of us, we exclude ourselves from the body. But every person, if you are here, under the sound of my voice, there is a reason you're here. Whether you're visiting from another church or you go to this church, you have a, a role in the body to play. Some, some of you are like, what's, what's, you want to fight? Yeah, I want to fight. Each of you have a role in the body to play. And it's not just during conference, but God needs you all year round. God has called you, as we heard this weekend, for such a time as this. God has called you for such a Isn't it crazy? But the, God says that before the foundations of the earth, he already had you in mind. Your purpose, your destiny, your future, your personality, the way you are right now, and the way he intended you to be, he already thought of before the foundations of the earth. And in this specific time, of all time, you are here, not by accident, but for a specific pur purpose that he already planned in mind. Does that, does that make anybody just make your head spin a little bit? But it also, does it, does it provoke you in a way to be desperately searching for what it is that God called you to do in this specific time that he called you to be in? Some people shouting yes before I'm even done. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hello. Who here works construction? I'm in construction. Y'all can get up on your seats. I work construction, bro. I got a man's work. Anybody? Hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. Actually, can my construction workers stand up really quick? I got you. Y'all hands up. Demon, stand up, bro. Stand up. That's what I'm talking about. Look, Willamette Greystone. He's even got his, he's even repping his stuff right here. Good keep standing. Keep standing. I didn't tell you to sit down. Do you know that construction is not God's purpose for you? What do you mean I got to quit work? No, stand up, stand up, stand up. This is, this is what we, we often confuse. I, I, I'm in construction. That's, that's what I do. No, that's just what you do, but that's not what God created you to do for him. I'm in construction. And the only reason I'm in construction is because that's just the job God gave me the privilege to be a part of with my dad. And it just gives me money and provides what I need to do what God called me to do. Anybody here, are you construction workers, you can be honest, please. Are you fully satisfied with your job for the rest of your life? If you are, you're lying to my face. 
Because I don't know how many days went by at my job that I wanted to quit. I wanted to fight with my dad. I wanted to leave. I told him I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to work for somebody else who knows how to run the company. You know, I just, yeah, it's just bad things coming out of my mouth. But I begin to realize that God gave me a job not for my calling, but to provide what I need for my calling. We have any business people, entrepreneurs, computer people. <laughs> I was computer people, <laughs> investment people, people that work with insurance stuff, brokers. Anybody here? I know Rudy does. Anybody else? Do you know that that's not what God's calling for your life is? Because if it was, you would be fully content, fully satisfied, full of joy, walking in the power of God, seeing God move in everything that you do if that was your calling. My career is not my calling. My career is not my calling. My career provides what I need to accomplish my calling. I have seen that so, so clearly in the last season of my life, in the last seasons, maybe the last few years. Where because my, heart, my heart's desire, probably six, seven, eight years ago, I had a serious moment where I, I came to kind of an intersection. I don't know who I'm sharing this for, but I came to an intersection in my life where I had to decide whether I was going to pursue what I wanted or, whatever, or whether I was going to pursue what God had for my life. It was just, I don't know if you've been there before, but it was, this, it was this clear season I was in where I had to choose. Either I do what I want, I'm going to do what God wants. I didn't know the fullness of what God wanted me to do. I didn't know what God had called me to completely do and who I was going to be eventually. Or the, you know what I'm saying? You don't, it's like you don't have the whole picture, but you know God's calling you. Are you with me? And so the, I didn't have the full picture, but I knew God was calling me. I knew that I had been saved in this church for a reason. I knew I had been serving in this church for a reason. I knew I had been leading in this church for a reason. There was something that God was doing that was beside me. And a moment came, this intersection, where I had to choose. Oh, my God, I know, I know you're calling me. I know there's more. And I, and I, and I clearly understood that in that moment, I either am going to go after what I want or I'm going to go after what God has for me. And when I chose what God has for me, and I look now at the job I had and, and being able to run a business with my dad, and I look at all these details of my life now and how they all work for my good to help me accomplish what God has called me to do. It is so empowering to know when you, once you've entrusted your life to God and how you begin to see every puzzle come together, how you even begin to see the amount you get paid, the job that you have, the people that you meet at work, your boss, your employees if you run a company. You begin to see how God is coming, bringing all things together for your good because you're, you have it in your heart to accomplish what God's called you to do. God seeing that gives you everything you need to help you do that. Are you with me? I don't know who that was for, but I want to shake somebody up here in Jesus' name who is content with their career, but not fulfilling their calling. You will make so much money, grow in your business so much, move up the business ladder so much, meet so many wonderful people, 
be in charge of so many people, but a moment will come in your life when you understand having all that you have, you feel like you have nothing. You feel like this is, man, this is not it. There's something more for me. And that's because God, God has a calling on your life. And a career will never satisfy that. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. I love all my construction workers. Come on, word. Preach. Keep building. Right now is a good time to build. Good time to be in construction. And then when we... When things aren't good, we'll go selling cars or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, maybe I'll give a few moments. I know some people were asking this morning at first service when they, when they saw people coming up to give testimonies. I know one, where is he? I'm going to find him right now. He came up. He came up after service. He's like, man, I should have testified. I f oh, there you are. I found you, bro. I found you. Right now is your moment to testify. So if you, if you, if you really want to testify, I just want to encourage you, but also kind of give you some direction. Be really, be really specific and, sh and straight to the point with your testimony, what God did. If you got set free, healed, delivered, got a word. If you, your life just got wrecked and changed for the good, just share whatever God did. And we want to be encouraged by what God was doing this conference. Amen. Okay, after anybody else, he's up here by himself. I'm a, there we go. Here, come on up. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, okay. All right, fire right here, fire testimonies in Jesus' name. Um, well, God kind of started working in my life a couple of weeks before a conference, and I was at a life group, and we all got together, and I was like, you know, guys, I have this sin bugging me, and I just, you know, I, I can't, like, get rid of it. And Joe was like, just go to a pastor, you know, and I'm like, I can't, you know, I'm not strong enough. And then we went to prayer, and we're just praying, and I keep hearing, like, God speak to me. Read this part of the Bible. Read this part of the Bible. And I opened, I didn't even actually have a Bible with me. I came up to some random guy. I'm like, dude, let me see your Bible. <laughs> and I, like, open it up, and it's, like, just an answer to my prayers. And I'm like, dude, praise Jesus, you know? God is real, you know? I'm like, dang, I'm set free. And then for, like, a straight week, you know, I'm trying to get closer to God. And then conference rolled around, and... The first night, um, Slavic called people up to the altar, and I just came up to the altar, and I was like, you know, just, God, just fill me up, and I just felt like such a presence of God. And then the second day, I actually went to every single altar call conference, <laughs> but the second day, it's another altar call. I came up, and I'm like, you know, Lord, just fill me with your spirit today. And Nathan Morris, I mean, God through Nathan Morris just came up to me, and he like laid his hand on me, and I just started speaking in tongues, and I was just like, praise Jesus, you know, I've never sp spoken tongues in my life, and then the third day, I was like, God, I just want you to fill me up in such a, like, special way, just, like, I just went up, and I'm just saying, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up, and God filled me up, and Nathan Morris just came up to me, and the guys know the rest, what happens after that, just, I was, I was really filled up at that moment. But, I mean, this past week, I just, I look at things so much differently, and, I mean, God's just been changing my life in a really good way, so praise God. Okay, I have so many testimonies from conference, but I'll share, like, the biggest one. So, um, before conference, I was super distracted, super distracted. I felt kind of dryish, I guess, in the whole God region, but... Um, so then I get to conference, 
And I just came wanting more of God. I was like, God, I want to see you like I've never seen you before. I just want to, like, I just want more of you. And I was like, I don't, I don't want, a, I don't care if a preacher lays his hands on me, like, your hand is going to be on me. And um, so Saturday night came, and um, Nathan Morris made the altar call. We all booked it to the altar. And <laughs> then uh, I was like, God, I just want more of you. And I'm already, like, crying. And I just opened my eyes for two seconds. Nathan Morris is, like, reaching out, touches me. I was on the floor. I don't remember a lot of that. I was crying and laughing. I was like, God, that's not it. I want more. I'm not going to have confidence to be defined by one moment. And um, so I'm praying out more, I want more, I want more. I get up, and then they have the pastors go out <laughs> to lay hands on people. I felt someone barely touch my hand, and I was, I smacked the cement floor. I didn't feel anything. I was crying and crying. I was like, God, I want more. I'm going to test you. I want more. And um, so I make my way up, and <laughs> then he has just our section join hands. And this girl next to me, he, like, Nathan Morris was praying for her, and it was like, like I felt it shoot through my body, like half of it. I was like, so I felt the Holy Spirit again. And then we were all on stage jumping around, <laughs> and um, I was like, God, I said I wanted more, and you know, I was kind of like bummed out, but I was like, I still received a lot. And then something inside me was like, stop jumping and pray. And so I did, and then it was like half of my body had that weird feeling again, and I could barely walk. I fumbled my way to my chair. Service was over, and then someone came up to me, and we were praying together, and, like, we both, it was like the Holy Spirit came in waves. Like, it would be, like, just come over me, and we'd all be crying and laughing. This was, like, an hour after service. I couldn't move for a while, but that doubt that I had, it was gone, and I got so much from conference, but, yeah. Um, uh, well, before I was at conference, I was like, yeah, I was like Leah, really dry. Like, I was still with God, but, like, it was just, I wasn't there. Like, whenever I prayed, I didn't feel, like, so much of God's presence. And, like, when I had, like, really, really strong prayers, I still didn't feel that much of his presence. But then one conference on Friday night, I was just praying, and I'm, I just didn't even expect him to call me up. I was just like, okay, this is for you, God. I'm praying for you. I'm praising you for you, not for anything. And so I got called up, and boom, like, he laid his hand. I just felt like like a huge amount, like a sea full of water drop on me of God's fire, and it was just so powerful. I, I didn't, I have no words. I didn't even pray. I was just, like, screaming. It just, it was so, so much fire. I'd never felt that before. It was amazing, and it was just, like, I even had a vision, kind of, not really, uh, that I need, <laughs> that I need to, like, stop being friends with this one person, and that she was bad influence on me, and I didn't, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, and I did that, and my life is still really amazing now, so yeah, praise wow. Jesus. <laughs> so I had about two months of, of a moment where I had, had a one thing after another thing after another thing come up that was kept provoking the fire of God in me and seeking the Lord, and conference was like that last moment that, was gonna, that I saw coming up. And I, 
And I wasn't really thinking this, but somewhere in the back of my head, it kind of was there like, like man, like, like now what's going to happen? How am I going to sustain this fire, this fire that I have? How am I going to sustain it? And on one of the nights, I, was, I found myself in front of the altar call. And uh, God just filled me up with his joy. And he told me that, that it was never your fire. It was my fire. Don't seek the experience. Seek my presence. And uh, along with this, he told me that I will send people into your life. I will send moments into your life. I will send things that you didn't plan to sustain this fire inside of you so you would continually be on fire for me. So glory to God for this. Awesome. Awesome. Hi, praise God, you guys. Um, I don't know how many of you have been, were at the Sunday service, the last service that Nathan Morris was here. All right, okay. So you guys, if you were there, you remember that um, somebody went down. And I just want to kind of um, explain, like, how, what was going on in my life up to that point. So about a year ago, when Nathan Morris was here, when this is like my second year, kind of being very cons a member almost of this church, like two years. And when I first saw Nathan Morris here, and on top of the Holy Spirit being so tangent in this place, I didn't really understand what was going on because I come from a very conservative place. But I knew that it was, if it was from God, that I wanted it. And I kept asking, like, Lord, if it's yours, I want to feel it. I want to feel your power and I want to feel your presence. And um, the whole last year, all three days, I came out and I was waiting and nothing happened. And... Um, this year, um, I remember every day, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it almost felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking straight to my heart. And I know that's how God works. He can use the whole message, and he can speak directly to every single person in their own way. And I remember just being filled so much with his presence, and I didn't, there was a moment on um, Saturday night, actually, when I was standing, and I was really asking God, I'm like, Lord, I want to feel you. I don't want to just fall from your presence because of faith and fall and feel that. I want to feel you. And I remember for a second, I looked back and I saw George behind me and I'm like, Lord, we don't need this. No, no, we don't need this right now. I mean, George is praying and I'm like, Lord, he's probably praying right now. <laughs> and nothing happened. And not only did it not happen with me, nobody in my row Ended up falling. There were people falling in front of me, but I still felt the Holy Spirit. And so Sunday night, I remember standing, I sing in worship, and I remember standing on the corner, and I was looking at all the people coming up, and I'm like, okay, Lord, maybe next year. Maybe next year. And then for a second, I'm like, Lord, I felt like I offended God because I'm like, I have the same channel Nathan Morris has. Lord, I know that, like, I have you, and I don't need to wait another year. And as soon as I said that... Nathan Morris walked by. He goes, you, come here. And then, if you guys want to see it, 305. God is good. Hi, my name is... <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Valerie. And um, ever since I was a freshman, I had, like, really bad lung problems, and I would go to the hospital. 
and like it was really hard for me to breathe like at times my parents would have to drive me to the hospital because I was like gasping for air and like my lungs they would fill up with like mucus I know it's like gross but like and like it was always really painful and I could never run and I couldn't do any like physical activities at school like the doctors always had to write a note and then um during conference Nathan Morris was like someone's like lungs are healing and then I was like nah like that's not for me and then like I felt like this burning sensation in my like like actual like burning and like I've never felt it before and then I was like oh like what's happening and then like I started shaking and like like my lungs were actually like on fire like it was just not any other part of my body but just my lungs and um and then I was like okay that's crazy and like I started kind of like praying to myself and like and then I was like, I don't know if it's for me. <laughs> I'm so nervous, I can't even breathe. <laughs> and um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, like, I was kind of testing it out to make sure, like, that, like, it was actually healed. And, like, um, and they hurt often, like, really often. And, um, like, I would, like, the doctors prescribed me so many things and they still couldn't find what was wrong with it. And I wouldn't like, I would like test it out when they weren't hurting, they weren't hurting. And yesterday I went on a hike and we hiked like how many miles, Tim? <laughs> Nine miles. And I came home and like my lungs, like they didn't, like I wasn't, like I usually wheeze and it's like really painful. I wasn't wheezing, like they didn't hurt. I could like breathe and like it was all good. Thank you so much. Conference, conference was really good. Um, you know, I like, during all the services, like, God, like, worked so strongly. I believe in, through all of us. But, you know, like, when I, I heard, like, you know, about Nathan Morris, and, like, in my mind, he was, like, I guess, like, really important. I was, like, I want to feel, like, him touch me and for me to fall down. So, like, whenever he would have an altar call, I would just, like, be right there in the front. And, like, I'd be just like, God, please, 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 you know. And, like, I would see how everyone around me would be falling. And I would be like, come on. I'll, like, guy right here, guy right here, what about me? You know. And, like, Nathan Morris didn't touch me during, you know, every time he was here. But um, after Sunday, after the morning service, I stayed you know, there's like, you know, no one was here. There was like probably like two people. And like, I was just, I just began to pray. And like, I just like, I just realized that I was setting my eyes on Nathan Morris instead of on God. And once I realized that, man, God wrecked me so hard. I was like, I should have just crying for like two hours, just like on the floor. And like, it was just an experience that like, of God that I've never felt before and just like how to truly focus on him and not like people you know and I just like don't expect from anyone but only expect from God Thank you, bro. hey I've never been up here but it's pretty nice um I just wanted to say that a uh, conference was like a really big realization more for me. And um, on Saturday night, um, actually I made my mom come, which is really weird because 
like she would never come to something like that. And I made her come and her like for many years, her arm, she's like, I don't know, something wrong with her arm. Like she can, from lifting a lot, cause she has like, I don't know if you guys know what Baba is, but it's a Romanian thing for old people. She takes care of old people. But um, anyways, so like the whole night I was so on fire and I was like, I know he's gonna heal her arm. I know he is going to, and I was literally having so much faith, and everybody around me, all my friends were like, she's going to be healed, and I was like, yeah, yeah, so like, I go to the front, and I'm like, mom, come with me, you know, when Nathan Morris asked to come up there, and she doesn't want, want to come with me, and I'm like, gosh, and then I go up there, and I can't stop thinking about my mom, I'm like, she's over there, and she could be healed right now, she just has faith. So um, I go up to her, and I'm like, mom, do you believe, I'm like, you can literally be healed right now, and she's like, I'm not going to be healed, you know? She, like, has no faith, and I'm, like, crying my eyes out. I'm, like, this is not going to happen. Like, I was just so sad because I felt like she can literally be healed, and she just doesn't care. And I was, like, Mom, please. I was, like, crying, and she's, like, no. And I was, like, okay. And then, um, so I was so down, and right then, like, at my worst moment, I was, like, not even feeling like doing anything anymore. I'm, like, God, I've been praying for this for so long that you'll work in my mom's life. And then right then this guy comes, and it kind of has something to do with what you're saying. This guy pulls me over on my way back to the altar call. I'm like really mad. And then, <laughs> it's not funny. Um, <laughs> and then he just pulls me aside. He's like, hey, um, are you interested in like, um, are you interested in doing anything? Like, do you feel like you have a calling in um, like ministries or serving or anything? I'm just like, like, um, I don't know. I can't think right now. Like, I was just so mad. And he's like, do you have one, you know? And for before that, I've, I've always had a passion. Like, I really want to, I've been just keep, like, postponing it. Like, I was going to go to YWAM, and I just kept postponing it. Like, oh, I have this to do. I have this. And then he just tells me that. I'm like, honestly, no, not right now. Like, because I was just, I don't know, like, fear and like no no faith came inside of me and then anyways and then he's just like okay because God told me to come to you and ask you that and I was just like okay sorry I I don't know I just I was so in a bad mindset right there I like go to the front and I'm just like the rest of the service was great and all but just that burning feeling like you know God like didn't answer my prayer it's like that kind of feeling you're you just kind of yeah discouraged And then afterwards, I sit there, and I'm, like, literally, like, sitting there, like, so sad because my mom just left home, and everything is going to be the same at my house and everything. And I just sat there, and I was, like, and I literally just thought about everything, and that thought came in my head, like, that guy came. And I was, that guy came up to me, and I was, like, oh, my goodness. Like, God literally came up to me and just, like, kind of reminded me. In my lowest point, he did that. He came up to me and told me something like, like gave me an opportunity and I shut him down because my focus was so like negative. My focus was on something else. And I feel like God does that. Like at your lowest points, like little things just keep popping in your like life. That's like, wait, come back, come back. Like I want you to do this, but you're just so focused on the bad. So honestly, I came back and I've literally hugged my mom and I didn't care because I was so happy because I know that God has this perfect timing for everything, and I'm just really happy that God came up to me like that. And yeah, okay, cool.
Um, so the the funny kind of part of my um, testimony was I wasn't even at um, the conference. Um, um, I was so uh, kind of like a little thing about me. I I've had like really chronic asthma for a long time. Like my lungs suck; they don't like to work. Um, and so I was um, I'm part of a band, and we were leading worship in um, in a town called Melus, France, and it was a big conference, and there were some speakers from other places in the world, and so they were talking about healing, and then I was on stage, and I was like, this isn't for me, because I, I got to do my job, and then my lungs started just burning, and I was like, okay, like God's doing something. So I walked, aw walked away that night. I was just like, man, okay, my lungs are good. I'm breathing. This is good, and then over the next week, like, I had been struggling to breathe every single day. Like the enemy had been coming at me with everything he had. He was just trying to break down that idea that God had healed me. And then, man, I'm shaking right now. Um, then I was, I was like, oh wait, you know, conference is happening. Like I'm, I gotta tune in. So I was watching live, and Nathan Morris, man, whew, Nathan Morris was talking about walking in in your miracle, like walking out your. Yeah, walking out your faith and your miracle. And I was like, okay, I just got to believe this and walk it out. And I'm like, you know, maybe I wasn't healed, maybe not. And then he's like, there's someone that's dealing with, like, what you were talking, um, I forgot who it was, but about your lungs, about your lungs being healed. And I was, and I was sitting there, I was like, no way, no way. And then I, and I was praying, I was like, okay, God, and my lungs started to burn, and they started to burn and burn. And I just walked away from that night, and I, I've been breathing like, like a baby ever since. Your lungs suck anymore. No, they're great. They're great. Okay. They're great. Come on. Give God glory. I've never heard anybody say that before. My lungs suck. They really, and it's actually true, right? They suck. They don't give you the air that you need. They suck the air away. Uh, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. Man, praise God, bro. Awesome. God is good. God is good. Man, thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you so much for every person that was at our conference. We thank you for every person that tuned in online. We just thank you, God. Even so many things that we have not heard, but that you did, God, we thank you so much. And so many things that right now we don't see or that have not come to pass but we believe and know God will. And so many testimonies, God, in our personal lives and people that we're going to hear even maybe in the months to come whose lives were changed, whose lives were touched. And we just thank you, God, that you are so good. That every prayer that we had here, every prayer that we had in our personal life when we gathered together, when we had a week of prayer, just everything, God, that we were believing for, we thank you that you, you exceeded everything we asked. We thank you for so many people that were saved this conference. We thank you for so many people, God, whose lives were changed, who were set free, God, people that walked in with addictions into our building, God, but were walking out free and free indeed. We thank you, God, so much for how many people's minds were renewed, how many hardened hearts, God, were softened and opened. We thank you, God, for the miracles that took place in people's lives, for every healing that took place that we know of or don't know of. We thank you, God, for every answered prayer, every person that was believing and expecting, God, that they received. We thank you, God, so much that beyond everything we asked, beyond everything we prayed for, everything we expected, God, you, super, you superseded all of that because you are good. 
and because you are alive and because you're on the throne. And we just want to thank you, God, on this moment. We want to thank you for everything that you're doing in our midst. We want to thank you for everything you're doing through our church, everything you're doing around the world, God, touching people, continuing to reach out to people, raising people up. We just thank you, God, so much for how real you are and all that you do. God, we often pray. And when we see answers, how little we thank you and how little we praise you and how little we give you glory. And so right now, God, we just give you all the honor and all the praise and all the thanks. And we give glory to your name. And we thank you that through all of this, God, that your name is lifted high, that your name is glorified, that people come to know more and more the power, the reality of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, so much that it's not just good scriptures we read, that your name has been lifted to the highest place, but we see the working power of that name. When people begin to confess that name, when people begin to cry out to that name, when people cry out to you, God, you answer. You answer and come through and do great and wonderful things, miracles and signs and wonders. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much, and we love you. And everybody said, amen. 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 We love you, Lord. Thank you. It's important to thank God. We spent so much time praying, and God is faithful. God is faithful. Okay, so uh, we're starting a new series. Uh, we were kind of received this direction uh, to talk about this uh, actually before conference. Pastor Slavic, I think a couple weeks before conference, he's like, hey, we will uh, go into talking about hearing God's voice. As soon as conference is over, I'm like, okay, you're the boss. If that's what you heard, let's do this. So, And uh, I've kind of already begun to see, even from the moment he shared that with me, how um, it's such a timely message even for my life. And I believe even with some of the things that uh, Vic Fomenko was sharing this morning at first service who was there, uh, just a powerful heart message. Uh, Pastor Slavic preaching at the second service. And just really seeing that it's a, it's a timely message a timely series for us to do and uh, crucial for us to do, I think, especially after something like conference. And so please have your hearts open uh, and your ears open because our series is listen. Uh, Jesus said, hey, you have ears, but you don't hear. And we're going to talk about that a little bit and kind of what he's talking about. But uh, I pray, and we're going to pray right now for each other, that our ears would be open. We can, we have ears, everybody go like this, everybody go my, even my daughter knows where your ears are. We say in Russian, where are your ears? And she grabs our ears and goes like this. But we have ears, physical ears. But do you know there are spiritual ears that we have as well? Hello. Remember Elijah? This, is just, this story just popped in my head. Remember Elijah when he was praying for rain? Before the rain, anyone saw it, before anyone heard it, before it was over his head, he says, I hear the rain. I hear the rain. The rain is coming. There was no rain in sight. Uh, I think the, the size of the cloud was like a fist. The size of a fist, and, and that's how far away it was. And he says, I hear the rain. So what he heard was something spiritual. He heard with his spiritual, his spiritual eyes. His, his, he heard with his spiritual eyes. That makes a lot of sense. He heard with his spiritual ears that it was raining and that the rain is coming his way. And the rain, sure enough, what did it do? It came, and everyone heard the rain, but he heard it before it came. And so that just tells me we need to have our spiritual ears open, okay? Sometimes we want to hear, and we're going to also talk about this, we want to hear the tangible voice of God. We want God to speak like roaring thunder and mountain shaking and rock splitting. We want to hear his voice, not knowing if we heard it like that, we'd probably die. 
but we want to hear, but there's often, often God is speaking, and with our spiritual ears, we're not hearing what he's saying, okay? And I think Pastor Sykes is going to go into greater depth, uh, being the veteran here, but I'm going to kind of just kind of set the ground and share a lot of things that are on my heart, kind of breaking into this series and kind of what I've learned and what I've kind of been discovering on my, in my journey. So is that okay with everybody? Okay, grab your ears. Grab your ears. Come on, say with me. God, let me hear what you are saying. Thank you for my ears. And that they are meant to hear. And thank you for my spiritual ears. That also are meant to hear. And we pray any noise, anything that's getting in the way of us hearing your spirit, of us hearing your voice, we ask remove in Jesus' name. Every distraction, every, every voice of the enemy, every lie of the enemy, every symbol, sound that is not from you, remove in Jesus' name. And let us hear what you are saying to us. And everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, bless your neighbor's ear. Bless your neighbor's ear. Okay, we have a little bit of time. So um, I don't think I'm going to go too long, but sometimes I say that and I go extra long. And so... If I'm going really long, somebody just wave their watch at me. Hey, bro, it's time to conclude this. But um, what did I want to start with? Can you open your Bibles up to Genesis? Let's start with that. That's a good start, right? Let's go to Genesis, the beginning. Let's go to verse, verse 2, verse 2, chapter 2, thank you. I'm full of surprises right now. Chapter 2, verse 15. Okay, get some time. Awesome, you guys are fast. So let's read. The Lord God, I'm reading NLT. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him. Okay, so we're going to see God's, God's here is about to communicate with Adam. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Okay, and then some of you love this verse, the following verse, 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And everybody said, come on, we love that verse. But let's focus not on that verse, but let's focus on verse 17 and, and verse 16. The Lord God warned him. Maybe some of your Bibles will say God spoke to him or God told him. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. 
Oh, you know what else I wanted to say? Um, hearing testimonies and maybe seeing what took place at conference. Um, if you're a skeptic, this is, don't be afraid. If you're a skeptic of the whole falling thing, the whole shaking thing, uh, people testifying, I felt the fire, I felt, um, I felt the ocean, that's incredible. I, I don't know what that feels like, but I've, I've never felt that before, but that's awesome. Um, I, he, you know, he, he, he touched me, and then I don't remember anything else. Um, I think it's totally okay to be a skeptic. But it is not okay to say whether it's wrong or right based off of what you think because you have no idea. We had last year uh, when we saw God moving in a really powerful, remember last year's conference? Remember what was happening up here in the front? People, people are going through the line just, pa, pa, and Nathan is taking, Nathan is taking gallons of oil, and just, I remember, I remember one guy came up, and he didn't have a lot of hair, thank God. He came up, and Nathan, Nathan just felt especially in love with that guy, and he took, he took a ton of oil, and just, and just started, just started to like rub everything, just, and, 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 and I love, I was standing here helping catch people once they come through the line, and I'm watching him, he's just like, <laughs> And then, he wa- and then he walks through the line, he's like, like this, and I'm like, man, these, something happened. But I know uh, somebody in our church, somebody that, a member of our church, incredible, incredible family, he, he, after the conference, really, really had a lot of questions for himself. And whether or not that really was God, if it was God, why did this happen, and why did that happen, why did that girl fall and start shaking so violently, and this and that, and I saw some people falling, but it seemed like they were faking it, and one, one, one person fell, and they started laughing, why are they laughing, what's so funny, they just hit the ground, they should be crying, and I don't get it, and, and you know, what's interesting is before, before uh, we had a chance to meet, or before Pastor Roman had a chance to meet up and just kind of share his heart and, and kind of explain the whole shaking thing and, and encountering God like that, that he was never exposed to, you can say. Um, they, were, uh, they were getting ready for bed, him and his wife, and just begin to pray. And the power of God filled the room so powerfully, they both fell to the ground and for hours just wept and prayed. He calls Pastor Roman the following morning. He says, hey, the questions I had, forget them. God answered them. Okay, so it's totally okay to look and maybe and think, man, that's kind of weird. I've never seen that before in my church. That's never happened, and it's totally okay to think that. But don't criticize if you don't understand. I have never fallen out under the presence of God. If that gives anybody encouragement. Wow, George has never fallen. Okay, cool. I'm I'm good. (laughs) Been here for ten years, serving God and. I've experienced God powerfully. I've, I've never tangibly heard his voice. I'm going to maybe share that a little bit today. But I've heard him speak to me. You can say um, some, some prophets and some men of God in the Bible say um, the spirit, the spirit was, was speaking to me. The spirit was impressing upon me. So I've, I've heard God speak to me in my spirit. But I've never, I've never, you know, got prayed for or laid hands on and then just I'm out. Um, if anything, the whole line of people will fall and I'm standing. I'm like, what's up, God? You're missing your boy. <laughs> you know, and I actually, uh, Nathan, Nathan called me out also during one of the services. 
And I'm like, all right, maybe this is my time. Maybe this is my time to be knocked out. And I'm going up there. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I jump up. I jump up. I'm like, I put my hands, I put my hands up. He puts his hand on me, and I'm like, <laughs> and then someone, someone comes up to me after service, man, like, I, they said it in Russian, Ustayal. Like, like you, you, stood, you stood through it. Wow. I'm like, you know, you're strong. I'm like, I'm like I, don't, I don't know if it's a matter of strength. I just, my heart was open. I wanted whatever God had. And, um, you know, um, kind of to share my testimony after conference, um, didn't fall, didn't do any shaking and nothing like that, but... Um, you know what I, what, I, what I left conference with? Um, you know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, but you can say, I, t- I, I had a taste of what is to come. Of course, the Lord is good. And I, and, I, and I felt God's presence at our services. And I saw people's lives being changed and people repenting and people being healed. Um, but specifically, maybe when Nathan was beginning to prophesy for what God is going to begin to do through our church in this area. And it was almost, I didn't see a vision. I didn't have like some kind of dream or um, anything supernatural. But I just, it's almost like I got a, a glimpse. It's almost like I, 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 I got a, a whiff, a scent of, wow, what God is going to do when he really begins to pour out his spirit. And what he was sharing, like a wave is going to begin to rise up from this area and begin to cover California and go into Arizona and go into even South America. And I'm like, man, I'm like, this, there's so many people. And I'm, I was on stage in that moment. I'm like, man, there's so many people here. And he began to say that. And he's like, he's like it's going to cover California. It's going to cover Arizona. It's going to go even to, into parts of South America. And I'm beginning to see people beyond the people that we have, almost, almost as if our black veil like, it didn't, it wasn't there, and the people just didn't end. And I'm like, man, what God is going to begin to do, this is just the beginning. You know, we always say in our church, this is just the beginning. Pastor always says, it's, this is just the beginning. And, and a lot of us, when he says that, we laugh. You know, it's like, Pastor, with this smile, you know, at the token of child, this is just the beginning. We're like, yes, Pastor, this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But... The more that I've begun to say that, in that moment on stage, seeing all the people, it, it was almost like a strong conviction, not just awesome words at just the beginning, but those words were a strong conviction in my spirit. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. What God is going to begin to do the outpouring that we're going to see take place, the healings that are going to take place, the salvations that are going to take place. We are just tapping into what God is actually going to be doing, like, like that girl said, like an ocean. We, we, just saw, we just saw a drop this conference of the ocean. I don't know if anybody left conference fully content and satisfied, because I did not. I left conference. God, I know there is more. God, I know that what we saw, what we encountered is just the beginning. Like my cousin Vi was sharing this morning, we have no idea the power of our prayer. We will continue to pray, and we're going to see God do so many things that are beyond our ability, beyond one man. You know, some, and I want to maybe say this. Some of, you, some of you come here listening to me or looking to me like I'm going to change your life. God is not going to give his glory to anybody. 
I don't care how much you like Pastor Roman's preaching, how much you like my preaching, how much you like our worship team, God is not going to share his glory with anybody in the end. You know, one thing that Pastor Slavik has done very well here, very well, is raising up people that also begin to preach, raising up people that begin to lead, raising up people that begin to do different things in our church. It's very easy right now to get caught up in youth ministry and church ministry and everything revolves around this one guy who is such an incredible minister and preacher and this. And we need those people. But I want you not to be content with where you're at because somebody else is doing something you think you were called to do. But be, be hungry for the things of God. I would love that here in youth we have 10 people that can preach the word of God boldly, powerfully, confidently with revelation and signs and wonders and the power of God. I would love to preach every 10 weeks, <laughs> all right? I can preach to my dog. I, can pre I don't have a dog anymore. I preach to my wife. I'm going to preach to my neighbors. I'm going to preach at work. I'm going to travel and preach. But it'd be great. It's great. We need more people that will preach. We need more people that will lead worship. We need more people that will open up, open up businesses and be examples of where they're at. God is not going to share his glory with anybody. You know, I want to say, Man, tonight, this is awesome. I want to say, you know the scripture, be faithful in little and you'll be faithful in much. Where if you're not faithful in the little that you have, how can God, how can God, who is not a man, who is wisdom himself, who is truth himself, who, how can God, if I will not give Anastasia something she can't carry, why in the world would God give me something I cannot carry? And so God in his wisdom, he says, if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. Some of you serve on the greeting team. If you don't learn how to serve faithfully on the greeting team, you will not serve faithfully anywhere else that you are next to be. Some of you have a gift to preach the gospel, but you don't even know it because you're not faithful in little. You will only begin to begin to experience and God is only going to begin to reveal the much that he has for you when you're faithful in the little. And some of us have not tapped into the much that God has and what he's going to do through your life because the little things are not happening. There are preachers sitting here that will preach far better than I do. There are worship leaders here that will do a far better job than our worship leaders. We, look, I love our worship leaders. But I want to provoke you in a good way. There are people here that will open up kids' ministries beyond Yogi Bear and beyond the city of Vancouver. But you don't know what's inside of you if you're not faithful and little. We neglect being faithful and little. We neglect doing the things that we need to do right now. Being in my word, being in prayer, serving in my church, being obedient to the word of God, being obedient to the calling of God, being obedient to my parents, being obedient to my leaders, doing what I need to do, doing what I know I need to do in the season, and trusting God that he's leading me to what he has called me fully to do. But you see, you will never get to that place of what God has called you to accomplish and do in this time. I do not know to help you out. I don't know what's ahead for me five years out. I don't. I don't know what's ahead for me 10 years out, of course, if I don't know 5 and 15 and 20. I don't know what I'm going to be doing when I'm older, when I have more kids, 
when I'm not so, so crazy. Oh, I'm always going to be crazy, but I'm not so young and full of energy. I don't know what I'm going to do later. But I know that if I'm faithful where I'm at, God will lead me to what's next. But if I'm not faithful where I'm at, I cannot expect, I cannot expect or even ask or pray those silly prayers. God, reveal to me what my calling is if I'm not doing the small things right now. Are you with me? Somebody here needed to hear that? Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should start, start praying. Okay. God said, if you eat this fruit, you are sure to die. Let's go to chapter 3 really quick. We're going to just say whatever we can with the time that we have left, and we're going to pray. Chapter 3, and look at this. From, from verse 1, say, say right away. Come on, say with me, right away. Verse 3, chapter 3, verse 1, right away. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals in the Lord, that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Okay, the first thing that I really wanted to talk about is God speaks. Thank you. Thank you for that. God speaks. We are not, not of the, I don't know if this is right to say, we're not of the confession that you have to come to me to hear God, but you can hear God. You don't need to come to a high priest or a priest or some great man of God intercessor to hear God's voice, but you can hear God's voice. God speaks. How did everything come into, into creation? On day one, it said what? And God said, let there be. Day two, and God said. And day three, and God Day four. Day five. Day, come on, day six. I mean, he must be getting tired. Day seven. Every day. I love that. Hey, I love that right from the beginning. Every day. Tell your neighbor, every day, he spoke. Every day, hello, every day, he, sp he didn't take a break. I'm tired of talking. Every day, he spoke. Day one, God said. Day two, God said. Day three, I got good news. God said. Day four, God said. Day five, God said. Day six, God said. Day seven, God said. Our God says. Our God speaks. Our God is not mute. He's not silent. He's not deaf. Our God is alive and he speaks. He speaks. And if the first seven days of creation and the first seven days of everything we see now, he spoke, he still speaks today. Because my Bible also says that he is today, tomorrow, and forever the same. God speaks today, God speaks tomorrow, and God will continue to speak. But the problem is, we don't listen. What was that? Ooh. So I was just like a, like a high school, high schooler. Gotcha, you know. God speaks. 
Let's lay this groundwork right now in Jesus' name. God speaks. God continues to speak. God continues to speak. Today, he's speaking. Tomorrow, he'll be speaking. Every day, he'll be speaking. But the question is, who's listening? Many, many people in the Bible. Many people. In specific times, almost in every era, in every time, in every, in every time of the Bible, in every book of the Bible, in every chapter of the Bible, there are those that hear and those that do not. There are people, an endless amount of stories in the Bible, where people are gathered in one place, in one time, in one context, but there are people that hear what he's saying and people that don't. But the point is, he speaks. The point is, he is not a, a man-made God, he made us. And as soon as he makes Adam, he speaks to him. I love that. As soon as he makes Adam, Adam, hey, I place you here. This is, where, this, is your, this is your place. I hope you like it. It's nice. A lot of things grow on their own. You're going to work a little bit, but isn't it beautiful? And you can eat from everything you want, Adam, but just don't eat from the center tree, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And what's interesting is right, right away in chapter 3, verse 1, right away, are you with me? Right away, the serpent, the shrewdest animal, comes in like a snake, comes in and says, did God really say that you don't have to eat, that you can't eat from any tree in the garden? What is he doing? What is the, what is the enemy doing? And what does he continue to do today? Did God really say not only does he question, did God really say, but he, but he manipulates what God said in the first place. No, 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 no. Hey, serpent, get it right. He didn't say from any tree. He said from the one tree in the middle of the garden, but we can eat from any other tree. Right away, the enemy is twisting, silencing, doubting, bringing manipulation into the fact, did God really say what he said? Now, I want... To take you to Matthew chapter 3, it's interesting. If you, you don't have to turn there, we're just going to, we don't got much time. Matthew chapter 3, it's interesting that Jesus, after he is, receives, the, receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, baptism of the Holy Spirit. He receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He goes, it says he's led into the desert for 40 days to fast and to pray. It says he grows hungry and weak and tired and whatnot. And it says in that moment, okay, here we go. In that moment. The enemy comes. His hunger, his tiredness. The, in that moment, the enemy comes. And what does the enemy say? If you are the son of God, can you turn these stones into bread? Do you remember what God spoke when he got baptized? Come on, somebody. What did God say when he got baptized? Somebody, be bold. You, this is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to what he says. Some versions say it a little bit different. But this is my son, my beloved son, some, some, some verses say, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And people heard that. God spoke his word over his son. The moment he gets baptized... This is my son in whom I am well pleased. 
the next chapter, when he is in, in, in the process of fasting and praying, the enemy comes and says, if you are the son of God. Do you see this? The same thing he did with Adam and Eve, he tries to do with Jesus. Now we know Jesus is the second Adam, the perfect Adam. Disobedience and sin came into the world because of Adam, but righteousness came into the world, into our life, because of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus, he stands the test, not because of his strength, because he didn't have much strength in that moment, not because he was full, he wasn't very full in that moment, but he began to speak the word of God back to the enemy. Are you with me? There are many things that maybe God has spoken into your life or will speak into your life that will be followed by doubt. I want you to notice that in both stories, the enemy only comes once God speaks. Hello. He had no business showing up before God spoke. But once God spoke to man, he shows up. It does that tell you anything. That for some reason, when he spoke to Adam, when he spoke to Eve, he created, and I just love, let's stop there for a little bit. I just love the fact that when God created us, he spoke to us right away. Paul puts it, Paul, Paul puts it this way in Corinthians. We have been reconciled to God. And that word means restored to an intimate and personal relationship with God. So where Adam and Eve was in intimacy and relationship with God, hearing his voice, being able to talk with him, being able to commune with him, being, being able to have fellowship with him, we are restored, the Bible says, to that place. Redemption in itself, the word redemption means to be bought back. We didn't get just bought. We got bought back. There was a place we came out of that we were always meant to be in, that we got stolen from, that we got robbed from, that we left, that God brought us back to. That's relationship. Anyone here been in a relationship without talking? I just, I just, I, any weirdos here? Any, anybody? Any, I, just, I, want, I need one. No, there's no, no one here. Can you, can you imagine? And, and, and we walk around. God didn't <clears throat> the world into existence. God didn't <coughs> <coughs> to Adam on what not to do. <coughs> God spoke. Come on, y'all laughing, but I'm about to get real right now. God spoke. He spoke. He didn't <coughs> some, of us, some of us talk like that to each other. We don't know, we don't know how to communicate. Hey, we're, we're, we're so stuck on this right here. <laughs> Making, you're walking by, walking by a store and you see some. <laughs> you're like, what, is, what are they doing? They have lost the ability to communicate. It's funny. It's so funny that we make noises like that. But that's what our communication often looks like with one another and with God most importantly. This thing has been created. I'm going to tell devil, hear me out. This thing has been created. This thing has been created to maybe, yeah, help you and, and make you more productive and more organized and, and get all your stuff and, and, or, and all my apps. You know, this app box is for all these app boxes. And then that, you know, and I, and I, 
But it also might be created for the fact of taking your communication ability and how you talk to people and how you ask for things and how you request stuff and how you just communicate. Sometimes you sit down with some coffee with somebody. I want to meet up with you. Okay, we can meet up. Let's meet up. Let's meet up. And then you meet up with them and they have nothing to say to you. Why did you want to meet up, bro? Why did you want to, what did you, you want to talk to me about something? You got an issue? We can pray for you. You got some help you need? Find out, what do you need? It's not that bad, but you know, come on, laugh with me a little bit. And they don't know how to communicate. But I love that before the iPhone and before tablets and before high-tech technology, that when God created Adam and Eve, he began to talk to them. Adam, I love you. Adam, this is what I made you for. It says in the cool of day, God began to walk in the garden. He heard the steps of God in the garden coming his way. He spoke to Adam. We were created to hear God. Don't think your ears are just for what you want to hear. If you got ears, you got them for a reason because your creator put them on you. And if he put them on you, there's a reason he wants to use them for a specific reason and purpose. You have ears, but you only hear what you want to hear. Jesus even warns us, he says, in the end, people will run to the things they want to hear. Do you remember this? People run to the places Tickling, it says, there's a, one translation, one translation says, they're, they're, their ears are going to be tickled. They're going to be, they're going to be spoken, the things they want to hear, the things that feel good and the things that feel not, and the things that they want. But what I'm speaking, they're not going to listen to. What I'm trying to say, they ain't going to hear. What I'm saying right now, you know, in Revelations, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord is speaking to the churches and they need to hear. Do we hear God's tangible voice today? It's very rare. If you think otherwise, please come up to me and tell me who God speaks loud and clear to. There's few people that God speaks to, like, like you're hearing me, George, you know, let's go. And I, get, and I get out of bed. Put your clothes on. Okay. Pray. Okay. Read now. Matthew chapter 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay. Tell the, you know, it's, it'd, be kind of, it'd be kind of silly. You guys are laughing. And that's kind of what life would be like. It'd be kind of a joke. Don't do that. Don't look at her. Okay. <laughs> Don't think those thoughts. No, the Bible says he has given us his spirit. And and I love that in Revelations it says the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Why didn't God just say to the churches? The Spirit of God is saying to the churches. And the churches better have ears to hear what what the Spirit of God is saying. And so will you hear the tangible voice of God? Unlikely, maybe. I hope you do. That'd be awesome. But what is speaking today is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is speaking. 
Every day he's speaking. Jesus says, when the, it's better that I leave and that the Holy Spirit comes. He's going to remind you of things that I talked to you about. He's going to remind you what I taught. He's going he's to convict you. He's going to lead you. He's going to help you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to tell you everything that I told you. In fact, in fact, the Holy Spirit, everything he hears, he's going to say. And only what he hears, he's going to say. Jesus said that about the Holy Spirit. And if my God is the same and he continues to speak, if there is a sound of heaven and a sound of worship and if angels are lifting up the name of Jesus 24-7, 365, even though they're outside of time, which means all eternity, forever and always, if the Holy Spirit is hearing what is going on, if the Holy Spirit is hearing what's happening, he's always speaking. He's always speaking. And I think the issue is we're not listening. Think about how many things you hear just in a day that really don't do you any good. Think about it. And people tell me, it doesn't matter what kind of music I listen to. I, I think it does. <laughs> I think if these ears were made to hear him, I have to be careful with what these ears are hearing. And i got to be careful to not let anything that is not of God and anything that will disrupt the, the sound of heaven, the voice of God, the whisper. Remember that story about the whisper of God? You expect me to come in the fire. You expect me to come in the wind. You expect me to roar and shout. But... There's just going to be a whisper. Do you know how quiet things need to get for you to be able to hear me whisper to you? But I think a lot of us, and something we're going to be going through together, is there's a lot of sounds that we're hearing. There's a lot, a lot of things that are going into our ears that do not need to go into them. And that's why we're not hearing the whisper. We're not hearing our God in our life. We, some of us don't remember the last time God even spoke to us. I don't know if God even speaks. I've never heard him before. No, God speaks. He speaks every day. His spirit speaks every day. His spirit speaks what he hears to you all, all the time. But you are not hearing what he's saying. We're not hearing it. Man, but do you know what begins to happen in your life when you hear? Not when you hear a rumor, when you hear a compliment, when you hear bad news or good news or you get asked out or you get talked to by your parents or you get a raise. But when you hear who made you, when you hear who created you, he begins to speak into your life and you begin to connect with the sound wave coming from heaven, the Holy Spirit speaking into your spirit, speaking into your ears, speaking into you, and you begin to hear that voice One voice, one word, one echo from the Holy Spirit that you will connect with will outweigh every sermon you listen to all year. One sound of heaven that you connect with in your prayer room will outweigh every worship album you're purchasing. I love sermons. I love podcasts. I love people. I know Daniel tells me all the time he listens to the Bible all day. 
It's a great way. That's a great way to, to get yourself onto, come on, I want to say, get yourself onto the sound wave of heaven. I'm hearing the word of God. I'm listening to the word of God. I'm, it's only a matter of time. When you're listening to the word of God and you're in the word of God, you're going to hear the word of God for your life. But you know how easy it is to, to take the responsibility off of ourselves by listening to worship, by listening to podcasts, by listening to sermons, by listening to all these sermons here, by, li by, by even coming here and listening to us preach every week. Oh, it's so good, so awesome. I laugh and this and so And then I cry and then I laugh and then I cry and laugh. And, just, you know, it's awesome. and we take the responsibility off of ourselves to hear for ourselves. Not understanding that I was created. This is what I want to I wanna hit home run today. You were created. You were created. You were created to hear the voice of God. You were created to connect with heaven. Not just to hear good music and good preaching. You were made to hear. Because these years, your mommy and daddy didn't give them to you. God did. He formed you, it says. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He put, he put these things on you that you could hear one day what he has to say to you. That you could hear what he has called you to do. That you could hear what he has for you in this time that you were born in. He gave you ears. He gave you ears. And there's nothing he gives that he doesn't give for a reason. If he gave them to you, he wants to use them. He wants to speak to you. And if this series begins to provoke a hunger in you, God, I want to hear you. God, I need to hear you. I think we're doing well. Because right now, what I sense in my spirit, what I sense in my heart, is that right now, we need to begin to press in like never before, to hear for ourselves. A.W. Tozer said, it is the very nature of God to speak. It is the very nature of God to speak. It is who he is. He speaks. I think it's also a good reminder to our enemy. I speak. I speak to my people. They hear my voice. I'm alive and well. I want you to think about something. Every time you connect and hear his voice, you remind the enemy of his defeat. You remind the enemy of your restoration into his presence. You know, what's interesting this week, I got invited to get some food with uh, somebody that I work with. We ordered our food and we're waiting and I'm like, hey, I want to go to the restroom really quick, wash my hands. And then I'll, be, I'll be, be right out. Our food will come out and then I'll eat. And, I, and I, 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 we order it. We're waiting. And I, I walk around the building. One of those, it's like hole in the wall place. You know, good food and whatnot, but the bathroom's outside. And so I, I walk outside. I go to the back of the building. And I grab the handle. I grab the handle. to I see, you know, restroom. I'm, I'm American. I understand that this is where I go to go to the bathroom and wash my hands. I, I, I grab the handle. And I go to turn it, and it's locked. I'm like, what? Why can't it be open? Do 
I have to go to the register and request the key every time to go? You know, not like I, you're going to go 10 times, but still. And so I, I go back around to the lady. I'm like, hey. And she, she sees me standing again in line, and she, she, she gets it. You need to go to the restroom. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's locked. No, 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 it's not. Just push the door. I grabbed that handle. I grabbed that handle, yo. I, I almost kicked the door. I grabbed the handle. It was locked. It was locked. And, and sure enough, I go, I go back to the build, around the building. And I come up to this door, and I'm like, and I push it. And sure enough, it just swings open. Walk, I walk into the restroom. And I just had a God moment. Right there in the back of this Mexican restaurant. Swung this door open. I closed it, of course, before my God moment. I closed it. I locked it. And I'm standing there about to wash my hands. And it dawns on me. The first time I walked up, I thought I couldn't get in, but all I had to do was give it a little push. And I thought in that moment, wow, God, you've done everything for me just to step in to your presence. How often I come up to the door to spend time with you, how often I come up to the door and I think I, I, I can't get in. I think. And I'm not good enough. I think, I, I, just, I, just, I just sinned. How am I supposed to come in to spend time with God now? Or, man, I'm, I'm too busy. I got people calling me and hitting me up. I got things that I'm too busy to walk into this place. And how often you come up to a door that's open for you to walk into, to begin to hear, but you think it's locked. voice in your head that says you cannot come in to the presence of God to begin to hear I don't find that anywhere in my Bible every voice in your head that says you're not good enough to hear him speak to you only, only your pastor gets to hear his voice only great men of God get to hear him. I have to, be, I have to be perfect for like a long time before he can actually speak to me. I don't find that anywhere. What I find, what I find is in the moment that Jesus was on the cross and he died, it was, the Bible says, when he died, in that, in the, the Bible specifically says, in that moment, or right then, as soon as he dies, right away, or he's dying and here, this began to happen and it begins to tell us. The rocks split and the earth shook and a sound of thunder hit the earth and the skies turned black and in that moment he died and the veil from top to bottom was torn. All in that moment. 
saying loud and clear to you, to me, to the enemy, a way has been made. The door has been opened. A veil has been torn. Earth cannot be the same. Heaven cannot be the same. Lights out. It's over. My people have access to come in and hear me speak again. I love that in that moment, God made a noise. God made a sound that all the earth would hear, that all of hell will hear, that all of death would hear. My son is dead, but he's going to raise back to life. The way has been opened for you to step into the presence of God again to hear, to hear, to hear what he is saying to you. And you think, you think that you have to earn it. You think that you have to deserve it. You think that there's a process you have to go through to be able to hear the voice of God. But my Bible says, long before I came to know, long before I came to believe, long before, even when I was a sinner in the lowest place of my life, he loved me and he died for me and the veil tore on my behalf to walk in. Always remember when you hear that voice that you can. The veil was torn top to bottom, not bottom to top. Top to bottom. Specifically, top to bottom. The veil was really high. In fact, also very, very thick. I don't got time to tell you how much it weighed and how big it was. And the fact that it was impossible, absolutely impossible, for any man to tear that veil. But my Bible says it was torn in half from top to bottom, meaning God did this, not you. God tore it. God made the way. God made it happen. God opened it up. God made it available. God made it possible for you just to step in and begin to hear. We're not going to pray for anybody. But I, I want us to individually begin to pray. Just have it on my heart. I don't know. Maybe Pastor Slavik will think otherwise, but I just have it on my heart in this series. Maybe we'll pray for everybody at the end of the series. But throughout the series, it's, it's you and God. If you need to talk to God, you can come out to this altar. If there's some things you need to get off your chest or you just need to take a step of faith and say, Lord, I'm stepping into what you have for me. I want to hear your voice and you feel like you need to come out, please do. Obey whatever the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Or if you're more comfortable staying where you're at because you, you just want to connect, you just want to begin to hear, you just want to begin to talk to God. My only desire, my only, my only request is that you would begin to speak to God. And more importantly, be ready to listen to what, he wants, to what he wants to say. He speaks and he wants to speak to you right now. May a desire right now begin to arise in your heart. May a need begin to arise in your heart. A great need to hear what he needs to say.